Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In this episode, we go over the topic of sideroblastic anemia from the hematology section on MedBullets.com. Let's start this episode with a clinical snapshot. A 35-year-old man presents to the clinic for follow-up for treatment of latent tuberculosis. He is a recent immigrant to the United States from Mexico and started taking isoniazid two months ago after he was diagnosed with latent tuberculosis at an occupational health visit. Physical examination is notable for decreased sensation to pinprick in his lower extremities. A bone marrow aspirate is obtained and after staining with Prussian blue, histology shows ringed sideroblasts. This is a case of sideroblastic anemia. Let's now get into the topic. In terms of an overview, sideroblastic anemias are a group of inherited and acquired anemias in which iron accumulates in the mitochondria of erythrocyte precursors. Ringed sideroblasts, or iron-laden erythrocytes with Prussian blue-stained mitochondria, is seen on bone marrow aspirate. In terms of the epidemiology and incidence, the incidence is rare. In terms of the demographics, X-linked recessive type of inherited sideroblastic anemia occurs more commonly in males. The median age of occurrence of primary acquired sideroblastic anemia is 74 years of age. Risk factors include alcoholism, vitamin B6 deficiency, lead poisoning, and copper deficiency. In terms of the pathophysiology, mitochondrial pathways in erythrocyte precursors are disrupted, leading to accumulation of iron in the mitochondria. Excessive iron deposits in erythroblasts form a ring around the nucleus, making a ringed sideroblast. Heme synthesis is impaired, leading to decreased heme production and abnormal RBCs. Note that X-linked sideroblastic anemia involves a mutation in ALAS2 gene, which encodes ALA synthase which is the first enzyme of the heme synthesis pathway. Note that vitamin B6, or pyridoxine, is a necessary cofactor for ALA synthase. Isoniazid disrupts the conversion of vitamin B6, or pyridoxine, to its active cofactor. Note that chronic alcohol use impairs vitamin B6 metabolism. It also has toxic effects on mitochondrial protein synthesis and lead poisoning inhibits several enzymes involved in heme synthesis, including ALA dehydratase and ferrochelatase. In terms of the genetics, the inheritance pattern of sideroblastic anemia is X-linked inherited sideroblastic anemia. Mutations involve the ALAS2 gene, which encodes for ALA synthase. In terms of the prognosis, it is highly variable depending on the cause. Anemia due to reversible causes such as alcohol and drugs do not have long-term sequelae. Secondary hemochromatosis from transfusions and leukemia are major causes of death. Let's now discuss the clinical presentation including symptoms and physical exam findings of sideroblastic anemia. The symptoms include general symptoms of anemia, lack of coordination or cerebellar symptoms, and diarrhea. General symptoms of anemia include fatigue, weakness, and dyspnea on exertion. Physical exam findings include growth delay in children, ataxia, decreased deep tendon reflexes, incoordination, dyspnea, and muscular weakness. 
in terms of diagnostic studies used to diagnose sideroblastic anemia, serum labs would show increased serum iron and ferritin, decreased TIBC, and decreased or normal MCV. Histology, specifically peripheral blood smear, would show hypochromic RBCs, Pappenheimer bodies in RBCs, which are abnormal basophilic granules of iron, and low reticulocyte count. A bone marrow aspirate stained with Prussian blue would show ringed sideroblasts. This is a diagnostic hallmark of all sideroblastic anemias. In terms of a differential diagnosis, there are two main differentials to keep in mind, iron deficiency anemia and megaloblastic anemia. The key distinguishing factor for iron deficiency anemia is decreased serum iron and ferritin. The key distinguishing factor for megaloblastic anemia is megaloblastic changes seen on peripheral blood smear and bone marrow rather than ringed sideroblasts. In terms of the treatment, sideroblastic anemia is treated medically with peroxidine or vitamin B6 supplementation. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over one question to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. A 59-year-old man presents to his primary care provider with fatigue. He has been seen in the emergency room five times in the past two years for acute alcohol intoxication. His past medical history is notable for diabetes mellitus and gout. He takes metformin, gliburide, and allopurinol. His temperature is 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit or 37 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 130 over 85 millimeters of mercury. Pulse is 86 per minute. And respirations are 16 per minute. He is in no acute distress. A positive fluid wave is noted. The dorsal surface of the tongue is depapillated and there are erythematous swollen patches at the oral commissures. A complete blood count and iron studies are reported as follows. The hemoglobin level is 12.1 grams per deciliter. The hematocrit is 36%. The leukocyte count is 6,000 per cubic millimeter with normal differential. The platelet count is 170,000 per cubic millimeter. The mean corpuscular volume is 70 cubic micrometers. The iron level is 250 micrograms per deciliter. The ferritin level is 300 nanograms per milliliter. And the total iron binding capacity, or TIBC, is 200 micrograms per deciliter. Which of the following findings is most likely to be seen in this patient? 1. Erythroblasts with mitochondrial iron deposits. 2. Erythrocytes lacking central pallor. 3. Erythrocytes with a ring of relative pallor. 4 hypochromatic erythrocytes, or five, inclusions of denatured hemoglobin. And the correct answer choice is answer choice one, erythroblasts with mitochondrial iron deposits. The patient in this vignette is a chronic alcoholic with fatigue, glossitis, angular chylitis, microcytic anemia, and increased free iron suggestive of sideroblastic anemia. Sideroblastic anemia is characterized by nucleated erythroblasts or sideroblasts with perinuclear mitochondrial iron deposits. Remember, sideroblastic anemia is a form of microcytic anemia caused by a defect in erythropoiesis. Specifically, a disorder in the heme synthesis pathway allows iron to enter the mitochondria even though it cannot be incorporated into heme molecules. 
As a result, iron remains stuck in the mitochondria, forming a ring around cell nuclei. This can be seen on a bone marrow aspirate as ringed sideroblasts, which are hypochromic nucleated erythroblasts with perinuclear basophilic iron deposits, representing iron deposits in the peripheral mitochondria. Common causes of sideroblastic anemia include chronic alcoholism, drugs such as isoniazid, and genetic mutations in the heme synthesis pathway. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 2, erythrocytes lacking central pallor or spherocytes are seen in hereditary spherocytosis. This is an autosomal dominant intrinsic hemolytic anemia caused by a defect in the erythrocyte membrane. It will often present with a normocytic hemolytic anemia in children. Answer choice 3, erythrocytes with a ring of relative pallor or target cells are seen in thalassemias. There are different forms and severities of thalassemias that often present with severe microcytic anemia. Answer choice 4, hypochromatic erythrocytes or donut cells are seen in iron deficiency anemia. This is an extremely common condition that may present with fatigue, pallor, tachycardia, glossitis, brittle nails, and microcytic anemia. And finally, answer choice 5, inclusions of denatured hemoglobin or Heinz bodies are seen in erythrocytes in patients with glucose-6-phosphate dehydrogenase or G6PD deficiency, an X-linked genetic disorder causing an intrinsic hemolytic anemia. In summary, sideroblastic anemia will present with nucleated erythroblasts or sideroblasts with perinuclear mitochondrial iron deposits on a bone marrow aspirate. And that's all for this review about sideroblastic anemia. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from these MedBullet Step 1 podcasts so far, please consider leaving us a 5-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you are not already, be sure to follow MedBullets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullet Step 1 podcast.